was having an internet issue. Oh, okay. Okay. The meeting of Nanda and Vasudev. So I'll, I'll read and then um, maybe I'll stop and reflect on something. Or if you want to say something about a sentence, then raise your hand. Although Krishna was the real son of Vasudev and Devaki, because of Kamsa's atrocious activities, Vasudev could not enjoy the birth ceremony of his son, but Nanda Maharaj, the foster father, celebrated the birth ceremony of Krishna very joyfully. The next day it was declared that a male child had been born to Jashoda. According to Vedic custom, Nanda Maharaj called for learned astrologers and Brahmins to perform the birth ceremony. After the birth of a child, the astrologers calculate the moment of the birth and make a horoscope of the child's future life. Before the birth ceremony, the family members take baths, cleanse themselves, and decorate themselves with ornaments and nice garments. Then they come before the child and the astrologer to hear of the future life of the child. Nanda Maharaj and other members of the family dressed and sat down in front of the birthplace. All the Brahmins who were assembled there on this occasion chanted auspicious mantras according to the rituals while the astrologers performed the birth ceremony. All the demigods are also worshipped on this occasion as well as the forefathers of the family. Nanda Maharaj distributed to the, to the Brahmins 200,000 cows. Not, no big deal for Nanda Maharaj because he already had how many? 900,000 cows. So he only gave away less than a third of his cows. Which were well decorated with cloth and ornaments. He gave the Brahmas not only cows in charity but also hills of grain decorated with ornaments and golden bordered cloth. So why did the king of Raj, Nanda Maharaj, why did he give the Brahmins all this? The Brahmins live very simply. So why, why are they, is he giving all the, everything to the Brahmins? Because they don't need much. What's the idea? Anybody know? Any educated guesses? <laughs> so who are the Brahmins in Vedic society? They're the, they? head. They're the head. Of They're the head. <laughs> right. And the Chatriyas, now Nanda Maharaj, he was a Vaishya, but he was a king because he had a lot of land and he had a lot of cows. And, that, and status or wealth is measured in terms of land and cows. So he and yet he and so he was so exalted, but yet he saw fit to give in charity to the Brahmins so much two hundred thousand cows. Wow. And I can't imagine well, what can I imagine? <laughs> I was gonna say if he even if he gave one cow to each Brahman, it's two hundred thousand Brahmins. What's the idea anyway? Well uh, technically yeah, because they're the representatives of the Lord. Of course, the kings are too, but in this case, Nanda Maharaj was a Vaishya king. He wasn't uh, a Raja Rishi like you know, Manu or 
we respond. Or, or Yudhisthira Maharaj. So they accept everything uh, for the Lord. Uh, they accept everything on the Lord's behalf. And then they distribute it, because what are they going to do with it, right? So, Okay, in the material world, we possess riches and wealth in many ways, but sometimes not in very honest and pious ways. So Prabhupada's already commenting as he weaves his summary study. Because that is the nature of accumulating wealth. According to Vedic injunction, therefore, one should purify such wealth by giving cows and gold and charity to the brahmanas. So even in Vedic times, that was true. As Krishna says in the Gita, sahajang karma kontaya sadoshamapi natyajet. Everything we do is covered by some kind of fault. You can find some fault in any way that people are making their livelihood. So to purify that, and purify doesn't mean, um, what do they say nowadays, what's that phrase? Uh, laundering, money laundering. It doesn't mean you're laundering your, your money. <laughs> it means you're actually doing something worthwhile with it, uh, Krishna conscious with it. A newborn child is also purified by gifts of grain in charity to the brahmanas. In this material world, it is to be understood that we are always living in a contaminated state. We therefore have to purify the duration of our lives, our possession of wealth and our self. We can purify our duration of life by taking daily bath and cleansing the body inside and outside and accepting the ten, ten kinds of purificatory processes. So cleansing doesn't stop with bathing, but it's a life, dashabhita samskar, there's rites of passage all throughout our life which purify us, bring us closer to Krishna. That's ultimately what purification means. It means cleansing our consciousness to the point where we're always thinking of him. By austerities, by worship of the Lord, and by distribution of charity, we can purify the possession of wealth. So it's auspicious. Thank you. It's auspicious um, when we see this list of donors it's these, that means uh, these people are taking the opportunity to purify themselves. It's not simply some mundane uh, charity for name and fame. Oh yes, I gave, I gave. No. But it's, it's an act of uh, bringing us closer to Krishna, especially on Janmashtami. That's why Krishna says in the Gita, Jagadanata Bhakkarma Natya Jankaryameva Tat Acts of sacrifice, charity, and penance should never be given up. They should be performed. Indeed, acts of sacrifice, charity, and penance purify even the great souls. Manishinam. So, it's good for everybody. We can purify ourselves, and so the whole paragraph is about purification, by studying the Vedas in order to understand the absolute truth and achieve self-realization. It is therefore stated in the Vedic literature that by birth, everyone is born a Shudra. Now that isn't, uh, that's not a swipe at the Shudra Varna. That simply means ignorant. We have to understand the way 
Prabhupada and Krishna used the word Shudra or Lord Chaitanya. Everybody's born, meaning we're born ignorant. We need help, we need enlightenment, purification. That by accepting the purificatory process, one becomes twice born. As Prabhupada would say, even a, even a cockroach, right, is once born. <laughs> That's no great feat. Although in the Kali Yuga, it is something of a feat to make it out of the womb intact. You might be aborted, right? That by studying the Vedas, one becomes a vipra. Vipra means okay, learned. learned, right? Which is the preliminary qualification for becoming a Brahmana. And Brahmana means one who knows Brahma. Brahman. And especially a Vaishnava Brahman knows the Supreme Brahman. And that when one perfectly understands the Absolute Truth, he becomes a Brahmana. And when the Brahmana reaches further perfection, he becomes a Vaishnava or a devotee. In Krishna's birth ceremony, all the assembled Brahmanas began to chant different kinds of Vedic mantras to invoke all good fortune for the child. So why is this going on? Because Chris is the Supreme Personality of God. Does he need purification? He's the Supreme Pure. Apapabidam, says in Isha Upanishad. He's, uh, he purifies everything that he glances, touches. So why is he being undergoing this? I know you know. You're playing dumb. Okay, there's a tool with this pink with this pointer going on. Yes, yes, set an example. Yeah. He sets an example and then he breaks the example as he pleases. Sometimes he's setting sometimes he's acting exemplary and sometimes he's acting completely independently. Just Yeah, so many, right, everything Krishna does. Uh, yeah. It's his arrangement. Everyone, everyone gets purified by all the different energies and activities going on here. In Krishna's birth ceremony, all the assembled Brahmanas began to chant different kinds of Vedic mantras. There you go. To invoke all good fortune for the child. There are different kinds of chanting known as Sutta, Magadha, Vandija, and Virudhavali. Along with this chanting of mantras and songs, bugles and kettle drums are sounded outside the house. On this occasion, the joyous vibrations could be heard in all the pasturing grounds and all the houses. Within and outside of the houses, there were varieties of artistic paintings done with rice pulp. And scented water was sprinkled everywhere, even on the roads and streets. We're going to go to 8.30 and then continue the setup, which would be our, our version of the yoga <laughs> that's going on here. Ceilings and roofs were decorated with different kinds of flags, festoons, and green leaves. Green leaves, what does it usually mean? What kind of leaves? Banana and mango. mango. You see, always see mango leaves, these thin, long, green. 
The gates were made of green leaves and flowers. All the cows, bulls, and calves were smeared with a mixture of oil and turmeric and painted with minerals like red oxide, yellow clay, and manganese. In Mayapur, every Saturday night, they have these elephant processions. And you see these very skilled devotees making these mandalas on the ground. You ever seen that, Brandon? No. No? Oh, it's really... Oh, okay. You remember this from Saturday night? It's amazing how they do it. They just, they're real artists, and they're just throwing it. And then you get, and then by the end, everybody's marveling at what's appearing. What color is manganese? Red? I'm not sure. Anybody know for sure? Oh, it said red oxide. I'm not sure. Anybody know? No. Look it up. Google it. Okay, Google Davy. Color of manganese. Uh, let's see. They wore garlands of peacock feathers and were covered with nice colored cloths and gold necklaces. Oh, that's referring to the cows and bulls and calves. Okay. It's really sweet when you see the cows decorated for like Govardhan Puja. Because it's such a contrast with the modern culture, right? How they're treated as economic units and then sent for slaughter. And then here they are being properly honored as the mother and father of humanity. That's great. When all the ecstatic cowherd men heard that Nanda Maharaj, the father of Krishna, was celebrating the birth ceremony of his son, they became spontaneously joyful. They dressed themselves with very costly garments and ornament, ornamented their bodies with different kinds of earrings and necklaces and wore great turbans on their heads. So where does this still go on today? Just like this. South India. The South in Indian Brahmins are very... Uh, Paka, they observe all these ceremonies. Prabhupada was received very nicely. Where was it? I think it was Madras, Chennai today. And he, as soon as he re-arrived, he was given like a royal welcome with the Chennais and these big stout brahmins, you know, with uh, bare chests and all these things decorating their bodies and, and chanting mantras. Prabhupada liked it. Those were the days, my friends. They dressed themselves with very costly garments and ornamented, ornamented their bodies with different kinds of earrings and necklaces and wore great turbans on their heads. Yeah, big turbans. After dressing themselves in this gorgeous way, they took various kinds of presentations and thus the, approached the house of Nanda Maharaj. As soon as they heard that Mother Jashoda had given birth to a child, all the cowherd women became overwhelmed with joy and they also dressed themselves with various kinds of costly garments and ornaments and smeared scented cosmetics on their bodies. This is all part of the samskar. It's all part of the occasion that makes a deep impression on their consciousness and they'll never forget it. As the dust on the lotus flower exhibits the exquisite beauty of the flower, all the gopis, cowherd women, applied the dust of kumkum on their lotus-like faces. These beautiful gopis took their different presentations and very soon reached the house of Maharaj Nanda. 
overburdened with their heavy hips and swollen breasts. The gopis could not proceed very quickly toward the house of Nanda Maharaj, but out of ecstatic love for Krishna, they proceeded as quickly as possible. So how do these cowherd women keep their figures? Did they go to the gym? Turning butter. Turning butter. Milking the cows. Uh, yeah, they were, and planting and doing all kinds of outdoor activities. Yeah, they were always working out. And while they were working out, they were, they were singing the glories of Krishna. Just, just like bards, great sages. They were just spontaneously vibrating Krishna's glories. Their ears were decorated with pearl rings. Their necks were decorated with jeweled lockets. Uh-oh. This is not required. <laughs> Prabhupada would say. Their hips, their lips and eyes were decorated with different kinds of lipstick and ointment. And their hands were decorated with nice golden bangles. As they were very hastily passing over the stone road, the flower garlands which were decorating their bodies fell to the ground. And it appeared that a shower of flowers was falling from the sky. From the movement of the different kinds of ornaments on their bodies, they were looking still more beautiful. In this way, they all reached the house of Nanda Jashoda and blessed the child. Quote, Dear child, you live long just to protect us. <laughs> While they were blessing child Krishna in this way, protect them for, for what? So they can keep glorifying us. It's not like a gimme gimme thing. It's all a reciprocation. It's an endless reciprocation of, of service to Krishna and Krishna serving. Gopi Bhartu Pada Kamalayor Dasa Dasa Anudas Mahaprabhu said, I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of the gopis, the husband of the gopis. Gopi Bhartu. While they were blessing child Krishna in this way, they offered a mixture of turmeric powder, oil, yogurt, milk, and water. They sprinkled this mixture not only on the body of child Krishna, but on all other persons who were present there. Also on that auspicious occasion, there were different bands of expert musicians playing. So in Mayapur also, when there's a big Abhishek, then if you've been there, you know that everybody's invited to take these it's hundreds of kalashas, water pots, and then we go right to the Ganga. You ever do that? It's really neat. You go right to the Ganga, and you just, you get the real thing, Ganges water, and you bring it for the, the Maha Jaga. When the cowherd men saw the pastimes of the cowherd women, they became very joyful. And in response, they also began to throw yogurt, milk, clarified butter and water upon the bodies of the gopis. Not to be imitated, huh? But this is pure ecstasy out of out of love for Krishna who's just appeared secretly because he actually appeared in a prison and, but he was swapped. So we'll hear about that tonight. Nanda Maharaj was also very happy to see the pastimes of the cowherd men and women and he became very liberal 
and giving charity to the different singers who were assembled there. So the singers. You're going to sing tonight? Uh, kind of. Jero's going to be uh, okay. accompanying me. All right. What are you going to sing? Raja? Yes. Right. Some singers were reciting great verses from the Upanishads and Puranas. There's a hint. You can chant Iso Upanishad. Vishnu Sahasranam. Some were glorifying the family ancestors and some were singing very sweet songs. There were also many learned brahmanas present and Nanda Maharaj became very satisfied on this occasion, being very satisfied on this occasion, gave them different kinds of garments, ornaments and cows in charity. So we're going to be doing our own little mini version here tonight, but same spirit, glorifying the Lord, giving gifts, receiving gifts, yeah, sweet. It is very important to note in this connection how wealthy the inhabitants of Vrindavan were simply by raising cows. That's the real wealth. All the cowherd men belonged to the Vaishya community, and their business was to protect the cows and cultivate crops. By their dress and ornaments and by their behavior, it appears that although they were in a small village, they still were rich in material possessions. So how uh, downtrodden we've become in Kali Yuga when all these gifts of Krishna have been just reduced to commodities as items on a, a stock exchange and, and therefore exploited to maximize the, the profit, the, the, the paper profit, and not even uh, offered back to the Lord. Yeah. Everything has been profanized, secularized, degraded, demeaned, demeaned, simply because of forgetting Krishna. They possessed such an abundance of various kinds of milk products that they were throwing butter lavishly on each other's bodies without restriction. Their wealth was in milk, yogurt, clarified butter, and many other milk products. And by trading their agricultural products, they were rich in various kinds of jewelry, ornaments, and costly garments. So when you see in the, in the Gita 1844, Krishi Vani Jam, sometimes people say it's banking. Not banking, it's trade, it's trade. I'm, I'm, I'm rich in something, you're rich in something, we trade. And therefore, everybody shares the wealth. Everybody partakes of the opulence, the abundance. A culture based on cooperation and glorification and, and appreciation, not on envy and cutthroat competition. Not only did they possess all these things, but they could give them away in charity, lavishly, as did Nanda Maharaj. It was such an abundance, there was no thought of want or scarcity. Thus, Nanda Maharaj, the foster father of Lord Krishna, began to satisfy the desires of all the men assembled there. He respectfully received them and gave them in charity whatever they desired. The learned brahmanas, who had no other source of income, were completely dependent on the Vaishya community for their maintenance. 
and they receive gifts on such festive occasions as birthdays and marriages. While Nanda Maharaj was worshipping Lord Vishnu on this occasion and was trying to satisfy all the people there, his only desire was that the newborn child, Krishna, would be happy. So right to the point, that's the inner motive of all the devotees in all these activities, that Krishna would be pleased, happy, satisfied but by the whole pomp and circumstance surrounding his birth. Yeah. Nanda Maharaj had no knowledge that this child was the origin of Vishnu. He was praying to Lord Vishnu to protect him. Okay. How are we doing? Eight minutes. Anybody want to say anything at this point? Otherwise, I'll just keep reading. And as I'm reading this, I'm just thinking of what we're doing today and tonight. So it's our own. It's nice. If we really you know, get in the spirit of it, it's really, uh, it's, it's not different from this. Oh, you're scratching, you're in danger of being called on. Yeah, it's true. It's true, uh, especially because he was doing all these superhuman things, all the way up to. Uh, you remember what they said after Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill? That whole thing for a week, where they had a party for a week under the hill, then he then he very gently let the hill down. You remember what the coward men and women were saying, or the coward men actually? Well, yeah, right. <laughs> He's only a little boy, you gotta help him out here, right? With their little sticks. But what would, what do they say afterwards? The chapter afterwards is called, I'll give you a hint, the chapter afterwards is called Wonderful Krishna. It's a hint. They began to they they just loved him, but they began to get speculate, they began to imagine. Who is Krishna anyway? How could it he's only a little boy? Maybe he's some Demigod. Maybe he's the supreme personality of Godhead. So it was always like Krishna's. Uh, you know, it's like when, when Krishna opened his mouth to see if Mother Have you eaten dirt? Okay, no, they're lying. They, they were mad at me, therefore they're telling lies. Okay, open your mouth. I, I just want to see. Right? Got to verify it. <laughs> open your mouth. And then Krishna played with her. Her, her mood, because then he saw the whole universe, and then she began to go into awe and reverence. And then Krista didn't like that, so he covered her over again with Vatsalya Bhav. So it's this, uh, this dance of rasas that's going on. And, and the ultimate answer to that, your question, is you'll have to ask Krishna. <laughs> that's really the ultimate answer. Because he's just having fun as he moves, as he sort of surfs, so he had the waves of devotion last night. Oh, I didn't want to bring that up. Had the waves. So he's diving, he's, 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 he's exchanging love with the devotees, but in so many different ways. And he's just relishing the mellows. Because uh, he's a supreme enjoyer. Okay, here we have Premi Bhakti. But it's also what Nanda and Yashoda did not do. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. people. They're eternal associates 
Is it they or Vasudeva Deviki who are Prishni and Sutapa? I forget. I think it's Vasudeva. Yeah. Yeah, they're very qualified, highly evolved beings, as we say. And the gopis, they were sages in the forest, right, of Lord Rama, Dandakaranya, and they prayed to have the Lord as their husband, so then Krishna, you know, he does, he does it on his own time. <laughs> it was like hundreds of thousands of years later. He lets them be gopis, some of them, not all of them. Some of them were, were uh, demigoddesses, some were those sages. Some were just up and comers, right? Getting their last birth in Krishna Leela. Just the finishing school. Anyway, it's inconceivable. It's Krishna's part of his achintya shakti. Okay. Any other? Okay, here we go. Rohini Devi, the mother of Balaram. She was part of the drama too, right? She received Balaram. Everybody thought Devaki had a miscarriage on the seventh child. Uh, but actually he was transferred by Yogamaya to the, uh, the womb of Rohini. So she gave birth. And Rohini is another wife of Vasudev. He had 16 wives and Rohini was one of them. And she was living in the house of Nanda because she was also afraid of, the, of Kamsa. So Rohini, or Vasudev, to protect her, had sent her to the house of Nanda Maharaj. So Rohini Devi, the mother of, mother of Balaram, was the most fortunate wife of Vasudev. She was away from her husband, yet just to congratulate Maharaj Nanda on the occasion of the birth ceremony of his son, Krishna, she dressed herself very nicely. Wearing a garland, a necklace, and other bodily ornaments, she appeared on the scene and moved hither and thither. Prabhupada's Victorian English there. It's an old... According to the Vedic system, a woman whose husband is not at home does not dress herself very nicely. But although Rohini's husband was away, she still dressed herself very nicely on this occasion. So this is a higher principle. It's like the moon was. The, this is John Mashtami. It's the eighth. The Ashtami, it's the eighth day of the waning moon. But uh, the moon in Vrindavan at the time appeared full because it was in such ecstasy. So so ordinarily you don't dress yourself very attractively when your husband's away. But uh, Rohini for Krishna. And for the occasion, she did it. That's a higher principle. So there's higher principles, lower principles, applications of principles, we call details. So it's, the, it's not only a science, it's an art. It's an art. It's not an exact mundane science. It's an art, bhakti yoga. Okay. Um... From the opulence of the birth ceremony of Krishna, it is very clear that at that time Vrindavan was rich in every respect. Because Lord Krishna took birth in the house of King Nanda and Mother Jashoda, the goddess of fortune was obliged to manifest her opulences in Vrindavan. It appeared that Vrindavan had already become a site for the pastimes of the goddess of fortune. Okay, I think we'll break there because it changes the action after the birth ceremony. So, so now to the Jaga, our own southwest Jaga, Tucson version of the Jaga. Shilabhupada ki jai. Lord Krishna Bhagavan ki jai. Go Brimanan.
So f potentially ignores the f.